So I brought my little man to the race. Yes, I woke him up at five o'clock. Yes, I decided on Thursday night to bring him. Yes, I am an idiot. When Jet went down, that was because Cooper passed him in the beginning part. Jet was making mistakes. Jet was trying to figure it out. Jet was going to ride. He was riding differently than he wanted to ride in the main event. And that was all set up for a guy like Cooper Webb. And I believe out of all the people in, in racing, he knows how to do that better than anybody else. Some people say, well, it's a tabletop. It's one jump. Well, it's considered two sizes. What it is, I feel like a butt. It's got two cheeks, but do you call it two butts? No, you call it one. What's up, guys? You know who it is, your boy JS7, and you know where we at. We back, baby. We at the Rewind Show 2024. Happy New Year's, people. We are back. We just had Anaheim 1. Everybody was excited to see the new World Supercross Championship this year, where we had Defender Champion Chase Sexton on the orange bike. Look a little different with pretty number one plate. And then you had Jet Lawrence, had all these colors, 18, the defending, still undefeated, it seems like, people. Your world championship, outdoor championship, 250 championship. You got his brother coming up. You got the Mookie fever. There's fever, a lot of things. And, oh, did I forget? You had Eli Tomac coming back. So 2024, we've all been excited. So you know what we got to do, people? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Happy New Year's, A1. Let's do it. A1. Right stop! A1. And then there's contact! A1. Marches down! The name itself signals the very beginning of a journey. Is this finally the moment? The battle for the Monster Energy Supercross Championship oh! begins tonight. This could be the night! Outdoor motocross. And the SMX playoffs are on the horizon. But tonight, there's only one goal. Check it, flag out! To win. A1. To win. To win. To win. To win A1. So coming into Anaheim, everybody's had their off-season testing. Usually you got some guys that feel good, some guys that's had struggles like our defending champions. No secret. He talked about it. Um, a lot of guys are nervous. Anaheim is one of those races that are just, it's just different. You can't really prepare for it. It's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's nerve wracking. Everybody's got new bikes. Everybody's fresh. Like everybody feels like they can win. Some guys think they can. Some guys believe they can. Some guys actually can. Um, but Anaheim is, is just a unique race in the sense of, you know, you don't really know where you're at until you get there. So usually you come in and you got a bike set up, you're trying to worry about, and then the track, depending on how they build the whoops, um, it could be pretty difficult. I thought this year the track actually looked pretty fun. I liked it, the 180s going back and forth. I thought it was pretty, I wouldn't say mellow, but it wasn't a super tough track, but it wasn't an easy track. I thought it was great for racing. Um, it seemed like the soil was pretty good. I know California had a little bit of rain, but it wasn't like too sticky. So overall, the only wrench that they threw into it was that it was a right-handed first corner that since it was Anaheim, and there was so much hype about it that I didn't even realize it was right-handed until they started going right. So overall, I think Dirtworks did a great job um, as far as the track layout. I didn't hear a lot of riders talk about um, 
that it was, you know, bad, good. They do a little bit of mix here and there. So, yeah, I think it was set up for some good racing, which we saw. And I think overall um, it allowed the racers to race, and that's what they did. You know, the build-up to this season, Moto fans all over the world, Stu, have been saying that this is very reminiscent back to when you entered the sport. It's kind of strange, isn't it, that there's another 20-year-old, you were like 19, 20 back then, entering the Premier class, Jet Lawrence, you. So, first of all, your thoughts back to 2005, and then tell the folks at home what Jet's going through. What What is that feeling like to step up and take on the big guys? So this year, it was, we we all had questions coming in to the first race. We were trying to see, you know, where Jet Jet Lawrence was, you know, would he continue the way he was? We had Eli Tomac coming back. We had Chase Sexton. We had a lot of guys changing teams. And so there was a lot of questions to be, you know, answered or just to see, wouldn't say answer, but a lot of questions that we wanted to kind of see what direction it was because we always say Anaheim is, you know, you can't win the championship, but you can lose it at Anaheim. I feel like, this year, there was more emphasis on just where the where the storylines was going to be. Like, I think you got a sense of how people are going to play out. You know, so we'll talk about your defender champion, Chase Sexton. I feel like Chase Sexton, the way the offseason was going, the videos that I saw, he looked like he was struggling. Didn't look like he was happy. And I think for a rider like Chase Sexton, the one thing he always had is speed. Well, from what I saw in the videos and even this weekend – he's going to have to find speed in a different way. And for us and me watching Chase, I actually think it's one of the better versions that you're going to see at Chase. I think when I watch Chase, I'm not watching a guy that looks like he's going to fall all the time. Like I don't, I'm not sketched when I watch him. Also not watching a guy that I'm like, damn, like he fast. And I think that allows, I, I think that allows Chase to be, more consistent to the point to where I think he'll be more, I would say, Dungey-esque the way I see it, you know, just really consistent. Some days he's going to be up there really competing to where, you know, Ryan Dungey was kind of a weird cat. Like I knew he was always going the same speed, like he would try to his same, but some tracks were set up better for him. And I think that's what Chase is going to have to deal with this year as far as I don't believe he's going to have like a second, you know, or like how you had on um, in Houston last year. I don't think he's going to go two seconds faster than anybody. Um, Jet Lawrence is going to try to stop that. But I don't think just overall the way his bike and the way he's meshing with his bike, which ultimately he'll get better. But I don't think he's going to go that much faster. So he can go from one weekend like Anaheim one, maybe be off the pace a little bit, let's just say, and then go to next weekend and ride exactly the same and be on the pace, if not the fastest. But he's going to say, I rode the same. I think that's just the way his bike's set up. That's the way everything kind of looks. Um, because when you look at the racetrack, Chase was really strong from, like, the finish line to basically where you go back across the start. So all those 180s, the switchbacks, those rhythm sections, Chase looked solid. You know, he was solid through the whoops. I know KTM made some changes right before um, Anaheim. They did some testing. But bike looked solid. Didn't look like he was doing anything special. He just looked good. That was a slower part of the racetrack. Once you started going across the um, mechanics area into that sand section and then right before the finish line, the faster sections, you know, Chase didn't look bad, but that wasn't his cup of tea. Where I think Jet Lawrence, the way his bike is and some of the other guys, I think their bike allows them to maybe test that limit, go a little bit faster, where I feel like Chase has a ceiling to it. So overall, 
when you take a rider and chase a position that he's always been the speed guy to where now he's probably going to be the more just consistent guy that has speed, but just more consistent, I think is a different mindset for him. And, and I think that's what you saw on the podium. I think you saw Chase happy considering how the offseason was. He was like, I made the podium. Probably didn't feel that great. Probably didn't rot that great in myself, but I made the podium. Here on the podium again for the first round, definitely switching teams and uh, really not knowing where I was at and uh, just having some struggles in the offseason. To be on the podium in the first round, we're in a good spot and uh, we can keep building and definitely this will be uh, not the best you're going to see me. I'll be getting better and better every round. And then you, you saw the other side of Chase that he was like, but I wasn't even close to winning and Cooper went down. So I ended up getting the third. So you had that mix of emotions. Chase is going to have to deal with that. And I think if he learns how to deal with that, then he'll become a better rider because the way things are looking at this point, he's going to have to, I think that's the way he's going to win the title. Like he's going to win the title that way, not just, I'm just going to outrun everybody. So Chase, to me, like I would give him an A, honestly. Like I think he he did what he needed to do. I think for me watching him, I think Chase looked the best I've probably seen him maybe ever um, in the sense of I'm not watching a guy that looks like he's going to fall every time. Um, and I think where he's at in his career – I actually think that bodes well for him because it's going to be hell and hot water to just outrun Jet Lawrence. That's going to be hard. So it's going to be probably be unlikely, and that's going to be a lot of chances taken. And I'll talk about him in a second, but I don't even know Jet Lawrence likes riding that pace either. So I think just bike setup-wise, where Chase has been, he is your defending champion. I think the season started off great for him, and I think overall he'll continue to get better, but just – I believe Chase is going to be there like third places this weekend where he's like 10, 15 seconds back. And then I think he'll be in third places or close to winning. And you're going to look like it's the same rider that rode the same, but the track circumstances and how things play out is going to dictate, I think, how close he is. And overall, I think he'd be fine. So Eli Tomac, we all been waiting for that. I think, we were just excited to see where Eli was coming back. The fact that he was back, as we were excited to see Jet Lawrence and so many other guys coming in this class. And I think A1, there's no secret, it hasn't been Eli's strongest race. I would kind of beg to differ on why that is, rather than he doesn't ride good at this race. Because there was a, you know, uh, one time he's on the Kawasaki, he was out front, gone, went down, pants blew open. Marvin, all these guys. He's got okay. a big problem, Ricky. His, his pants, pants come undone. His pants are undone. The buckle on his pants have come undone. Now he's stopping because and his pants zipper. are going to come down. And he's, you know, he couldn't finish the race or, or he ended up pulling the pitch, whatever happened. And then we had the race like last year where a dude was dominant. He fell and then got back up and then um, and still won. And we had another one where he was out front and, and locked up and got arm pump on Kawasaki. So I, I would say his results haven't been, I guess, where Eli, um, you know, plans wants to be at rather than he doesn't ride good here. So, but nonetheless, it hasn't been, I guess, his normal Eli dominant like a Daytona. So coming into this, I think he felt like um, 
that if the thing, if things didn't go good, he can almost, you know, lean back on like, what well, ain't my strongest raise. But at the same time, when I watch Eli and Press Day, he looks spunky. The Achilles looked intact. Um, in practice, he looked like he was aggressive. And to me, when I watched him practice, it looked like he practiced with some kind of authority. Like he was there to say, um, I'm back. I'm back. He wasn't there like I'm the defending champion that like he didn't ride like Chase in a sense. He wasn't riding just to figure out his bike because when the race comes, like I'm going to do what I do, like really confidence. He was riding like almost like Jet Lawrence in a sense, jumping fives, you know, quatempins, whatever you call it. He was there with some authority. So when the race started, he was like he was just there. Like I, I know he got caught up with Malcolm in the in the um, in the main event. And he, he didn't get the best to start. And in the heat race, like the same thing kind of happened with the Vince Freeze deal. But Eli was just there. Like he was there. And it was different than the way he was riding in practice. So I'm sure a little bit of the nerves, you know, was, you know, probably kicked in. But I, I don't even know what to really make with him. You know, the fact that he was back, he seems, um, it seems like he's healthy. But it also saw like something was missing and maybe that could be a part of in his mind that he just knows like Anaheim one isn't his cup of tea, which I think it's, it's hard to get away from that. But I think if that was what he was thinking, it's a negative because ultimately if you just think something bad's going to happen and ain't your cup of tea, then when anything goes wrong, then you just back it down and be like, Oh, it ain't my race. And I felt like that's what I saw con- compared to, what I saw in press day, like he was spunky, he was whipping and he looked good. And then in the race, he was just like, didn't get a good start. He was like back. And then he started fading at the end, which is, I guess, a guy that's been off the bike for a while. You kind of expect it. But then it's Eli Tomac, you know, like he's beast mode. I never expect to see him like kind of fade in the sense or it's been a few years since I've seen that. So Eli, I, I'm not really worried about him in the sense of, I feel like if he's healthy and he has that hunger and he wants to go out, then he'll he'll figure it out. The Yamaha looks better than it did last year. I mean, Cooper Webb looks great. Um, Justin Cooper actually rode fine. Didn't see anything on his bike that I was like, oh, like kind of like last year. But there was a fire kind of missing from even what practice was. And I don't know what happened. And I feel like, if it's the stigma of Anaheim one, it ain't my cup of tea, then we'll see next weekend. And he should be back to like, you know, up there racing with Jet. If we don't see that again, then I would say there might be some concerns for the the Eli because I guess I'm only going to take it from when I missed 2015 and then I came back in 16. When I came, when I came back, it was like, like I was happy to be there but there was something missing. There was a there was a something missing, and and I don't even know how to explain it. But it was something that wouldn't allow me to go to the next moment, like to the beast mode and the racing. And I almost feel like with Eli, like I was fast in practice, I was fast at home, I felt good. But when it came to racing, you know, like I had a lot of issues with the bike, and then obviously I had the issue with Ryan um, in that main event, but. It was like I was so worried about so so many other things, like bad things happening that I could never like twist the throttle. And it made me ride timid, made me ride scared, which was 
completely different than what I was riding all the way up until that. That's kind of what I felt like I saw in Eli. So when I say when you got a guy that was somewhat like semi-retired and considering retiring even last year, and then you have that injury and then you come back, you start to wonder like, like, is it the one foot out the door? And, or is he like, just, is it Anaheim one? Because something happened between press day and even practice and then that main event. And so I believe in Eli because the dude's dominant. I believe like, you know, I don't question his work ethic. I don't question like his motivation of wanting to come out here and raise. But sometimes like when you come out and you're like, damn, these dudes are fast. And you realize like, I got to take that chance. Then it almost starts to come into, like I said, like the Anaheim mode, like where you're like, uh, it's just Anaheim. Like he could be in here like, dang, they fast. Well, my bike ain't set up and I don't want to get hurt. Little Johnny, little Cindy, they counting on me at home. I was almost going to retire two years ago. Yeah, I can, I can only twist it so much. Hopefully that's not the case. And, and, um, you know, and it's nothing to do with Eli and his performance or trying. There's just something up here that doesn't allow you. Once you click into that mode, it's like a guy that's winning, trying to ride for a championship. Once he realizes, like, I've, I've been winning all year. My whole goal has been to win, win, win. I only got to get fifth. The way that guy rides, just trying to wrap up a championship compared to the guy who got to that position to be able to be there and get that fifth place wrap up championship, two different people. And it's a mindset. And once you click into that, there's no clicking out of it. So hopefully it was just the Anaheim and the like, ah, just ain't my T or, you know, could be something else. Or you could just have an off race or these other guys could be fast. But we'll find out in San Francisco because, you know, I don't think Eli is going to be able to, I said it early on um, my pre-race show, you know, I, Eli that rides around in eighth place ain't going to be the Eli that wins championship. Eli that we saw this weekend, did that ain't going to happen because what you're going to see is Eli's a champion. And the guy that rode around in eighth place is a different guy that is riding around in eighth place this weekend. He rode around in eighth place because the circumstances dictated, like, you know what? Chase went down. So, you know, my bike ain't good. I need to just finish compared to where this guy rode around in eighth place. Like, he's probably almost lost. Like, I, I can't win, but I'm a champion. I don't want to ride around in eighth place. Like, this is what I got you really shut it down. So once a champion, it's hard to go out there and race if you can't compete to win. So I expect to see Eli with some speed, with some authority these next couple of weekends. Otherwise, then maybe some of these things I'm saying might come to fruition and, um, you know, hopefully not. But it's Eli Tomac. I don't call him toe smacking for nothing. He know how to do it. He's 50. What, he's 51 wins? He's enough. He's ahead of me. So I'm 51, two, two, one, whatever. So... You know, I believe in Eli. You got an Achilles, you'll be all right. Cooper Webb, my boy Cooper. A lot of people wrote you off, dog. I wrote, people wrote you off. I didn't. No, I didn't. You know, I saw you when I saw you ride um, in Charlotte. I saw a couple laps. I'm like, yeah, Cooper looks better. You know, you were still getting like eighth. You know, you still way back there. But I saw enough to be like, nah, you, like his style is different. Like there's something about it. Quiet off season. You know, when you look at all the hype and all the people they've been talking about, Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, Chase Sexton, Eli Tomac, rightfully so, because you got to defend the champion, the next guy coming up. Cooper Webb has 
just as many championships as Eli Tomac. He's got more championships than Jet Lawrence. You know, he's got more championships than Chase Sexton. So for a two-time champion, which was like three races, um, you know, if he didn't have that, what happened in Nashville, he would have been your champion last year. It's kind of weird that we wouldn't even talk about him or really consider him as a super like threat um, compared to what you believe in, like, you know, Chase and Eli and uh, Jet Lawrence. And I think that's from, you know, his speed. I think that we all kind of see now it's starting to become a speed game, you know, where, you know, Jet Lawrence has some speed. Chase Sexton has some speed. We already know what toast macking does to people and you got other guys coming into it. So uh, Cooper has never been that guy that you look at you're like, damn, dude, dude goes fast. So you figure out in your mind, you're like, okay, I don't think he can mind control that many people. Like he did it to German chocolate. You know, he was able to do it somewhat to Eli Tomac and he somewhat did it to Chase Sexton at Tampa last year. But is he going to do it to Jet Lawrence or Jet Lawrence's brother? Is he going to do it to this version of Chase? Is he going to do it to his own teammate? That's a lot of different people. And we just felt like we didn't see enough on the Yamaha to believe that, you know, what he's gotten better. And for me, I saw it at uh, Charlotte. I'm like, dude's gotten better if he comes in and it's Cooper Webb and they allow him to get that confidence. Because what happened at Anaheim 1 last year, I was with Cooper the week before. It wasn't looking good. It, I thought he was looking good. I thought he was better than last year, the previous year, but his mind wasn't there. But we came into Anaheim and gave, it, gave him a sniff of it, and he got hungry. And that led to what we saw all year long. Well, this was the same thing. Cooper was riding better. I don't know how much he believed that he was riding better. Nobody really talked that he was that much better. But what we saw in that heat race and even back it up before that, what we saw in practice, him coming in and letting Jet Lawrence know, like, you haven't raced this Cooper Webb. Here comes Cooper Webb and Jason Anderson. Webb jumping into the action and on the inside takes the fight to Jet Lawrence. I told you guys he was not happy about all this conversation and what a move by Cooper Webb. Just shows that the dude's, the dude's here and he didn't. He was fast without going fast. He was like a better version of the the Tampa version of Cooper Webb that was just there the whole time. That he wasn't fast enough to just go past Chase, but he was fast enough to make sure Chase was going to get past at the end. He looked like a better version of that. That track, that track kept breaking down. It kept wearing out, and Cooper was there. And I believe. You know, and that's just my take. I believe if Cooper would have knocked Jason's ass down, Cooper probably would end up winning that race. Like, he was right there. And who knows? Again, we'll talk about him in a second. Jet Lawrence to Jet Lawrence. And I just feel like Cooper, he figures out a way to just will will his way to win. And he does it without going fast. Like, and he just does it. And I think... What that message that he sent to Jet Lawrence in in the heat race was letting him know that Cooper knows how I can beat this guy and I can beat this guy. I can get to the checker flag first without going faster than this dude. I'm gonna figure that out. And that's Cooper Webb. And so when he passed Jet, he hasn't he hasn't been faster than Jet all all year ever. Really, he wasn't faster than Jet all day. Shoot, I don't even know if he was faster down to the track than Jet. But in that heat race, Cooper was faster than Jet, even though Jet was going faster. He put Jet in a spot that he Jet hadn't he hadn't since that. And um, you know, Jet was making mistakes. 
And credit to him, like, I mean, he just knows, like, Jet's too good. He'll figure it out. But when Jet went down, that was because Cooper passed him in the beginning part. Jet was making mistakes. Jet was trying to figure it out. Jet was going to ride. He was riding differently than he wanted to ride in the main event. And that was all set up for a guy like Cooper Webb. And I believe out of all the people in, in racing, he knows how to do that better than anybody else. So I was pumped on my boy. If I'm giving him a grade, I'm giving him an A+. Plus. Because although dude hit the ground, ha! Web is down! Oh no! Bye, Felicia. He hit the ground, ha! Cooper got back up and hit it for him, Cole. Bam! He hit it, dang, like I can't, he was like, bam! But he got back up, he did his thing, hopefully he's healthy. So Cooper Webb, I see enough, and if he ain't hurt, I see enough that he's gonna be like a Chase Sexton where the track things he's, He's going to be fast, and he's going to be faster at some other tracks, and he's just going to be there. But his mind is going to allow him to figure out how to win if Cooper Webb. And out of all the people on that gate, you know, I said it last year, Eli, he'd rather race Chase rather than that dude. And um, it was just good to see the two-time champ back. Disrespect. We didn't really talk about you. The Webb was back. So hopefully um, it was good. And I would say it wasn't even like a Cooper Webb kind of track, you know, like – you know, it got, it got slippery. You had to do mind, you know, I'm going to say mind control. You had to do line selections, but it wasn't like it was broken down. It was super, super tough, all these ruts. But Cooper was doing what Cooper does. You know, he was finding traction where there was no traction at. He was doing all these things. His lines were just better than everybody else. Um, but he, he came in on El Hambre, and he was like, I ain't trying to do that. Because last time he tried doing that, Jason knocked his ass down. And that was at Phoenix, I believe. Check the tape. Webb cuts over, a little bit of contact, oh. and Cooper Webb goes down. He tried to close the door on Jason Anderson, oh, no. wasn't able to do We'll check the tape if I'm wrong. Shut up! I don't care. But last time he did that, Jason did him. That was the triple crown. I was right. That's when he was trying to get past him, and he kind of came in a bump. That's when he overjumped the jump in that rhythm section, and he's... He didn't mean to go in on El Hombre, but he went in on Hombre. He was just trying to be nice. And Jason came back in because Jason's like, dude, I'm back. I got to do it for Cynthia. You know, what is it? Siggy. Siggy. You know, he even mentioned Siggy. So he said, I got to do it for Cynthia. I, got, I said Cynthia again. He ain't going to just let you run around the outside. So Jason was there to play. And I think with Jet, he had probably the two meanest guys behind him with El Hombre, you know, um, behind him and Cooper Webb. And speaking of Jason, Jason rode good, too. The Kawasaki looked good. Rango, I think the bike looks pretty good. Like, I, I think it looked pretty good. So he was there, and when um, Jet saw what happened in the heat race with uh, Cooper, he's like, uh-uh, I ain't letting one of these fools get me. Oh, hell no. So he went in, gave a little El Hombre, a little bump, and Jason wanted to get to him so bad, but Jet was just still a little too quick for him. And he got that gap, and he'd get close enough, but he couldn't get close enough. And he couldn't do anything, but El Hombre wanted to beat him so bad. He wanted to shoot him like he was pulling his gun out, and it was on safety, and he couldn't get it. And he was like, ah, and he dropped the gun. So it was good to see those guys back. Um, but, yeah, both those guys, it was good. It's good. Got them champions. Got three championships. Got more championships than Jet Lawrence on there. But, hey, you know what? Jet did his thing. He did there. So shout out to Cynthia, Sue, or... Susie or Siggy. Siggy. No disrespect, Jason. You know, I love you, bro. No, no disrespect. So A A for all of them. A for effort. A for effort. And Tomac, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you like a B minus. Why? Because 
No, no, I don't want to give you a C because I got way too much respect for you that, but I can't give you like a B, just straight B because it wasn't that kind of performance. Like really, if it wasn't for all the wins and my respect, I'd probably give you like a D, but D in most cases, you're still passing. So I give you a C, meet in the middle, minus. So Jet Lawrence. I mean, really, I mean, what else can we say? I mean, dude, like, I mean, is it like, I mean, we going to talk about what? Are we like shocked that dude came out and just waxed ass? Like, no, like, it was like surprising, not like, hey, the dude's like a hundred percent. Like, I love mindset. People think it's cocky when he says he's going to get the 72. Like, oh, it's cocky. I don't think it's Cocky, I think, is confidence. Like, you know, you go to your job. Like, what do you, what do you do? What's your goal? My goal is to get promoted. I want to get promoted. I want to run this thing in the day. I'm trying to get the manager. I'm trying to oversee this. Well, 72 is him going to the job and saying, I'm trying to promote myself. This is my goal. You see that as cocky, then you okay in the mailroom. He ain't okay in the mailroom. He wants to get there. So I look at that as a kid that has a goal. And I had that goal, like I thought I was going to come in Anaheim in 05 and wax Ricky and all of them. Hey, that didn't happen, you know, but my mind was still there. And I went in Phoenix thing, I'm going to wax him there. I waxed my arm and it was on the sling on the back of Dr. Bodner mule. But I came in Orlando thing I was going to do and it didn't happen there, but it was close enough. And I believe Jet, he just knows where he's going and he knows how he wants to get there. And I love it. So what he did this weekend it was cool. Like, it was cool. It was, you know, Jeffless, whatever you want to call it. It was great, but it wasn't surprising. And so I saw a kid that was in command. I saw the same kid that I saw in the outdoors when he went 22-0. I saw that kid. Also saw the version that a little bit what we saw at Charlotte, like when the heat race, you know, as polished as this kid is, he still ain't there yet. And that's scary to think that he's able to do what he's doing now and his ceiling, he can continue to get better. And he ain't going to get better with just going faster because I believe there's a limit like on it. Like he's not going to all of a sudden start going a second and a half faster than people, even though he went second and a half faster than first practice. But that was just like first practice. I think Jet's going to get more just polished in the sense of like what he did in that main event when he made that pass on – uh, Jason Anderson, that was the race. That was the race right there. Like, you pulled off because nothing else happened besides Cooper going, bam! You know, and, and Jason coming in like, I, I, I'm going to shoot you. And maybe some guys falling over and Tomac getting passed by his teammate and that. But nothing else happened because Jet knows what he needs to do. And he did that in the, in, um, the outdoor series when he would pass some other guys like he would get around him when the roost wasn't around. He'll pass him when he felt like it. But Chase, he pass him instant. Like he'll pass him because he knows I need to be in front. I'm putting him in a position that he has to repass me. Only way he can repass me is he goes faster. I'm going pretty damn fast. Well, if he goes faster, the chances that him hitting it, chances of him lasting, because I know it's hard for me to go that fast. So for him to go even faster than what me, that's going to be impossible. So he does that. So I think that version of Jet is only going to get better to where he's going to know what he needs to do when he knows to do it. And he's just going to do it because he knows it needs to be done and he does it. And he did it this weekend. 
And so the more he does that, the more he's just going to be even harder to beat. And it ain't going to be because he's just going to all of a sudden go faster. It's just going to be he's going to know how to get it done. Because on this track, the way it the way it broke down and Jet figured that out in the heat race. Hold up. Bruh. Five minutes later. And Jet figured out in the heat race that it's going to be hard to make up time on this racetrack. It's, you can make mistakes. Like you can over out this track really quickly. Like this inspection, that main event, it got slipperier, slipperier. So having a two-second lead here is like having five seconds in the sense of it's slippery. The only way somebody can pass you, one, you try to bump, but you're losing traction, you're spinning around. So if I'm in front of these guys and I get like a little gap, it's going to make them say either I'm going to stay here and hopefully I'm going to make a mistake, which probably ain't going to happen, or they're going to take that chance and hit the ground like my boy Cooper did. One of two things was going to happen, and I think Jet figured it out once Cooper passed him in the heat race because Cooper put him in a spot where when Jet started trying to go fast, Jet was almost crashing everywhere. Like, he ended up crashing. Like, he actually ended up crashing. Jet was faster than Cooper. He's been faster all day long. But the sense of Cooper got in front of him in the beginning part, and then Jet made a mistake, and he pulled a little bit of gap. Cooper almost had, like, you know, two, three seconds on Jet. And you could see Jet trying to, like, catch him, but he was making more mistakes until he, like, kind of settled down. And then he caught up to Cooper. I bet Jet realized that I can't do that in the main event because it's only going to be worse. There's going to be less traction. And so if I let El Hombre, which, you know, he liable to shoot everybody. And I know Cooper's back here. I can't let those guys be in front of me. I'm going to make those guys pass me. I'm going to dictate this race. So I'm going to get out front, try to throw a couple hot laps in. And I'm going to manage this two-second gap because I just saw what happened to me on the guy that I've been faster with all day long in that heat race, he made me like hit the ground. Like, I mean, I came out in boxing gloves. I was Floyd Mayweather in this bitch. I was going to knock everybody out. Cooper came in, slapped me like, ah! he Charlie Murphy me, you know? So it was kind of like Dave Spell, Charlie Murphy slapped him. What did the hand say? Smack. That's what Cooper did. And he didn't like it. So I bet Jet figured that out. And just like he did all um, motocross series, he knew I needed to be in front of that dude because, again, the track's not going to allow him to just outrun me. And anytime you try to go fast, this track's slippery, skating, ice skating up here. It's like everything. So it looked like JS at the skating ring a couple weeks ago. It ain't a good look. That's what would happen. And so I... He did it all last year in the motocross series. And that's the version, like, that's the part that makes me impressed with the kid. Not that he'd be jumping all these jumps, which I text him about. I was like, damn, dude, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I don't even know what to call that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, quad templates. It's like, it's like dashiki down the road. She got tricks for kids. She got four of the things. She got five of them. Like, damn, man, maybe let's, maybe just. You say, I'm going to go inside. Don't offer no coffee. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Don't be like having all these kids. That's what it was. A lot of jumps, a lot of kids, whatever. You know what I mean? He did something cool. So that was impressive. But what he does in the right situation makes like makes me impressed because it's the aware. Like he's so aware of things and the mistake and the situation that was put in that heat race. Like it, he knows that this can't happen in the main event. I don't think if Cooper would have you know, pass him in the heat race, maybe he wouldn't have been in that spot because maybe what would happen in the heat race would happen in the main event. 
But the fact is, he learns. You know, he pays attention. He knows what he needs to do. And that's impressive. And that's dangerous because not only is the guy faster, the guy's aware. And his racecraft might be the best, if not better than anybody else. That's hard to be. One thing they were showing on the gate, I think he was talking to my brother and, um, you know, just laughing and stuff. I hated people like that. I hated them. Like, I'm so nervous, I'm nervous. And this dude's laughing. It made me feel like, he like, don't even care about racing. He should be like, looking like Ken Roxon was on the gate. He should be Cooper Webb. Like, don't be laughing at me. I felt like it was disrespectful. I'm about to, my stomach bubbling and stuff. You know, I got to go pee pee again. I just pee. Like, I'm nervous. And this dude's sitting here like, Hey, hey, what up, man? Hey, Veggie Mike Sandwich, what up, dude? Did you see me jump that far? Shut up! Shut up! Just ate at me. And dudes like that. And he goes out and just bum rushes y'all guys. That's why I say he's like sneaky dangerous. You know, he's like that sneaky villain. Like he's like the dude in there that you're like, oh, man, that's so cool. He's trying to help the guy. He's trying to help the guy. And then he realized that he was the one that was instigating the whole thing. Like he's the biggest enemy. That's what he was. He was one of those people. So Jet Lawrence, you know, he is. Like he get an A plus, 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 plus. I mean, no other letter to give it to him. The five, it was dope. You know, he's going to have a red, orange, yellow, what, yellow, black, black plate, whatever plate. Number looked cool. The Honda looked good. Um, you know, only thing that happened bad to Lawrence for us was my boy Hunter not making the main event, which was surprising, but did not surprise him because, you know, hey, you're getting the, main, the LCQ, bro. That's a harder race than the main event. Shoot, he rode like that. Main event, he might have had a chance to win the thing. But you get in the LCQ, some guys be fighting over that gas car. They be fighting trying to get there. And unfortunately for you, you got freezed in the beginning part. It was a racing incident. You kind of know. It's like Kyle Lewis back in the day. Got a guy coming from the outside, going to the inside on the right-hand corner. He can't hit the brakes, can't hit the brakes. Yeah, I'm going to go in there, get ran over by my own bike. Never a good feeling. So things happen. Then you had to feel like, ah, he's going to LCQ. And then he almost crashed. If you watch it, he almost went down in the first corner, which could have saved him the trouble. He should have went down right there. But I didn't, you know, as bummed as he is, I'm sure he was. It was cool. He came out and said a few words afterwards. I believe he said a few words, talked about it. Hunter be all right. But besides that, that was it. Only negative part for everybody else is that I know I know how Jet is. I mean, if you watch the interview, he said when things go bad with older brother, I get pissed. And then I want to beat y'all down even worse. So he probably was pretty pissed that he didn't make the main event, which probably was the reason why he took it out on y'all fools in the main event. But good thing for us, all ain't lost is one race. I'm interested to see the way the plate was. But that dude, that dude bad. He's bad. Look, we can talk about a lot of things, and we just did. And we can talk about a lot more. But the only thing you need to know is that do one. Like simple as that. Did you are you shocked? No. Are you shocked that Cooper Webb won the heat race? Yeah. Well, maybe, but hell no. Nah. That's Cooper Webb. You got more championships than Jet. That, that class? Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Cooper was good. But look, I said it last year. I felt like I kept saying it. And I'm like, dude. All right, you know, you're going to give him a hundred, like, neck burn, Lawrence, like, it's a stew, all these things. We kept saying his name, and then we came in. We was like, oh, Eli Tomac's coming back. Beast mode, beast mode. Jet knew. He was like, look, I'm good, but until I beat that fool, like, 
I'm, I ain't there. I'm, I'm one of the guys. I want to be one of the guys. Yeah, Eli's saying, dang, you know what? Like, he good. I'm watching the style. I wasn't watching no races, and I saw all the races that he win, and I had to check it out myself. And what he was checking out was because every time he saw it, he was like, damn, dude, keep winning. keep winning. You know what? Chase keeps tucking the front end. Chase ain't gripping it. Chase opened his legs like he wants to date. He's trying to get the gas car. He's trying to get dinner paid for. What is happening? Oh, it comes out. First race, he'd be like, oh, he didn't win Super Motocross the first one. And then he gave presents to German Chocolate. Then he came out and dominated these fools on the last one, got that million dollars, got it in there. His brother talking to him like he's winning, he's winning, he's always winning. But this is my class, Tomac. So he needed to figure it out. So he was watching the race. And what he kept seeing was every time he watched Bubba's World, he was like, oh, James, what do you get for him? Cole, hit it for him. Suntan, next on fire. Jet with the neck burn. Yeah, he kept hearing that. It was like, ah, I got to figure it out for myself. I believe Tomac's going to figure it out. He's going to get another neck burn. He's going to get 51, 2, whatever the numbers are. He's going to try to get there. But he saw what we keep seeing, and I do just dominate. So, Jet Lawrence, you know, dude, it ain't surprising, but it's a surprising as hell that you just that good. It's surprising that you came out with the jacket out there. Floyd Mayweather in this. It was good. Jet Lawrence. Congratulations, kid. Dominant. It only took you one time. 50 years? 50 years nobody else came out one night? Like, what, are we bums or something? I know my boy Josh Grant might have something to say about that because he came out, had the hay bell cover, tough box cover, caught up in his wheel at Anaheim 1. But, hey, technicality, you must have rode a race before that. It ain't your first race. But he'd be like, Jet rode the Supermotive MX, and he rode all the outdoors, but this is the first time. I don't know. But he won. My ass was knocked out talking to Aaron Bates saying, I crashed. That's what I was doing. But he won. So I don't know where I was going with that, but that was Jet Lawrence. Good job, kid. So outside of those guys, I mean, those were our main guys, you know, with Chase and Cooper. But one of the sneaky guys that I had picked coming into this was Ken Roxon, you know, the German chocolate. I felt like, you know, he was in a spot where it was the same team, you know, on the bike that he likes, you know, had a great off season and was one of the guys that was, you know, straight up like had that speed, you know, on um, Jet Lawrence. So closer, you know, he was like close enough, almost like what Jason Anderson did this weekend. Like he was right there and you're like, can't do just just gas it. But he couldn't get there. He was good. So I felt like German chocolate when all these other guys are worried about themselves, I think he would be the sleeper. But he got caught up in mayhem. You know, with my brother in the first corner, Ken looked great in that heat race. Ken was like, actually, that's what it was. I actually forgot he won the heat race until I mentioned that he won the heat race. That's what Ken was. And that's what I felt like people would forget about Ken because I know they got respect, mad respect for Ken Roxon. But in the back of their mind, they're probably not the title. Like Jet's probably not worried about him as far as the title threat. Ken's trying to change that. Maybe he is going to change that this year. So it would allow him to be focused in on the other guys, kind of like the 05, like my boy Kevin Windham, like he, he was one of the big four, you know, but they only talked about the big three. But Kevin came out at Anaheim and won that race. But I slept okay at that night because Kevin won that race. And I feel like Ken was in that spot. Like we all know he can win, 
But if he won, like, I'm not going to lose sleep compared to if Eli Tomac won or Chase Sexton. It's a different vibe. So it allows people to sneak in. So I thought German Chocolate was too good. And the way he won that heat race, just out by himself, all people was hitting the ground. We were talking about all this other stuff. Ken just kind of blah, 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 and was gone, did it easy. But he went down, and he was trying not to get his booty burnt. You know, he was trying not to pull the cookies out the oven, so it was overburning up on my brother's bike because that tire was spinning and them pants was getting hot. He didn't want none of that. And then I think he had a little pit, you know, had to pull in the pits, kick the bike, all things got bent up. So I don't know how Ken looked. We didn't, like, really tune in. I could only see the TV that was in front of me, and I don't know how much they showed Ken on the TV in front of me. But overall, Ken would be fine. He'd come in here, you know, it seems like he wasn't hurt or anything like that. And I, Ken Roxon, it was just a race. He said, I heard he said he didn't want to win anyway. So, you know, it kind of went to his plan. But I will say this, you know, people talk about that, you know, he gets 11th, 10th, 11th, whatever it was around there. This field is so deep that that's actually a good finish. And you would think that, like, well, I mean, he only came for, what, like 20th, 22nd, and he got, like, 11th, 10th, like he didn't ride good. Well, as you, if you heard anything that I heard, and I hope you heard it because you're still listening to it, I've never been around so many people that hear everything but hear nothing. Uh, that's how things operate. And so this track was hard to make up time. It was easy to, to hit the ground. Well, we know Jeremy Tackling ain't trying to do any of that. So coming up, as many guys as it is, my point is that Ken probably rode pretty damn good to even get to that point. So don't look at the finish compared to probably how he rode and where he was. Ken looked great practice. Ken looked great in the heat race. I'm sure he looked great coming up and passing the people that he passed in the main event. So he'll be fine. My brother in the circumstance, like Malcolm, he's been off for a while. They got to work on that bike. They got a lot of work to do. You can see the difference between him um, that they struggled a little bit. It's not just them. Other teams struggled. But there was a pretty big difference on to motorcycle-wise. And you got to believe that, you know, that's over time, which – Sometimes you don't have that much time because you hear racing. They'll they'll continue to work. You got to remember Malcolm, he was out all last year, so he doesn't have a supercross setup. Like they figuring it out, and the only way you can figure it out is by out here racing. You know, so he's got a the team, and I'm sure all Nate Ramsey, the guys over there, they're gonna try to do what they can and try to get it as quickly as you can. Bro, I'm going to have to talk to you about that pass. <laughs> get on the gas, son. But yeah, nice pass by AB and but. He struggled. I mean, it was facts. He was out sliding on, you know, straightaways, you know, like he was dead on it, like literally, bah, bah, bah. He had a flat tire on, no flat tire. But that's because they haven't been racing and they'll continue to do it. So I think they struggled a little bit, which Malcolm struggled. So overall, as a team, they'll get it. They'll figure it out. They got some smart people over there. Got faith, got faith. And, um, you know, the only other guy that, Dylan Ferrandez, I thought Dylan was good. I mean, he was, he got fifth, got fifth. And I didn't know he got fifth until I checked the results and I saw him in fifth place. And that was a fifth place ride. He was like, I can't really say much about him because I didn't really know he got there, but he was like solid. I think Dylan would be fine. He'd be fine. I think he'll be better than what he was. But I did say that it was hard to make up time and he must have lost some time somewhere and he couldn't make it up that time, but he was good enough. And he figured his way out to finish fifth. So he was fine. Um, and the only other boy I want to talk about, Jorge Prada. 
Yeah, I know I said your name wrong, but it was no disrespect, Jorge. Dude, hey, hey, all the people that say you can't ride, they can't ride themselves. I think dude look good. And straight facts, I was watching you in practice. Dude, you were doing stuff better than 90% of the guys out there. Like, and you were doing some stuff that was better than Jet Lawrence. Like, I'm not lying. I'm not hyping you up. I felt like your results was going to be because you ain't never raced Supercross in your life. No, you ain't never raced 450. Oh, no, you ain't never raced Anaheim. Nah, bro, you ain't even raced Supercross, period. So you're going to struggle because Anaheim is real. It's like going into Compton. You better lock them doors. What are you talking about? I know you watch Boys in the Hood. They don't prepare you. I know you know everything about Supercross. But still, when you go in those hoods, you go across some railroad track, you better lock up. You better lock up or stay your ass out of there at nighttime. Don't be going up there. Trying to go up and see Ice Cube. Nah, Crenshaw Mafia. You ain't trying to see none of that. LBC Snoop Dogg. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. So that's what Supercross. But, dude, you wrote good. Like, I thought you had some stuff. And people, people, if you gave that, time, that dude some time on Supercross, he would win a race straight up. Like, you gave him a year. He'll come back next year, and he has the talent, and he has the things that he can win in the race. I know you're rolling your eyes. Well, keep rolling them because I don't care. I can't see you. You only see me. So, whatever. Nah, seriously, Jorge actually has some skills. And I was pumped. And he looks good on the bike. He looks good. The gas gas, it looks good. But he just does some things on the bike that is pretty damn good. And if you watch him around the racetrack, you sh- I want you to watch him. Just watch the way he, like, like his line selections. And even in between the jump, he was really quick where Jet Lawrence passed um, Jason Anderson in the beginning part of the race. Like that on-off and then going back, going across the, um, the start, the first race, right before that wall jump just look at what he does in those transitions like he it's like he allows he won't allow his bike to fully bottom out because when it bottoms out he goes up like he was like using his body to like keep it up so almost like where he would hit that little double he would have some room for the bike to work so it almost soak it up so he can go through compared to if it was bottom out he was sitting down he would just go down slow and I know it's something that it's like super like technical but when guys do stuff like that, like that is that is technique. Like that is technique. That is being very precise on a lot of things. And he does that around the whole racetrack. Like his lines, even through the whoops, like, yeah, maybe he struggled through the whoops. I ain't see him really struggling through the whoops, but you know, maybe he struggles on the other things. But I see the things that he does in between, which tells me the only way you do those things in between it is you gotta be locked in. You know, like I mentioned a couple years ago, when you see Eli, you know, you know, whipping it, you know, um, going through a rhythm section, like most people are just looking like Chase Sexton was in this offseason, just trying to get over it. But when you start scrubbing it and you whipping it this way, whipping it that way, and you whip it towards the end to set up for that corner, that to me is a router that's seen, seen the track slow. Their bike is dialed in to where... Not only they're making something that looks hard, very easy, they're making something that's really hard, um, easy, and they're putting a little bit of extra icing on the cake by tuning themselves in. So they're, they're looking through the section they're in, preparing for the next section. And I feel like when I watch Jorge, he does that. Like, he sets himself up to do that. And again, it's a technique thing that, like, all the riders, like an MC, anybody that's rode Supercross, you can appreciate that stuff because you know it's a little nuances that most people don't see. 
It's pretty good. So Jorge does that. Now, yeah, hey, look, he was he was going backwards. Like he was going backwards. Like he he wanted to run it in on Eli the main event because you know what? Like he's a fan of Eli. So come in there, like, hey, what up? But he won't do anything. I think Jorge won to me. So cool. I think he'll continue to get better and his results will start getting better. But the dude's really good right now. And I said his results was gonna be from he haven't done this before rather than he ain't good enough because he's good enough to continue to do it. And whether he decides to do that, he can decide to do that. But Jorge, just like them shoes, they was proud. It was nice. They was nice. So fancy, so sexy, so sexy. Lap times might not show how fast you are, but you're pretty damn good in my books. But So Jorge. And then my 250 class. 250s. RJ. I mean, all y'all guys, y'all happy. Y'all happy. Y'all was y'all already won before y'all even won. Like, I mean, there was only person, one person that won, but it was like winning because you didn't have to race nobody that had Lawrence. You didn't have to race Lawrence. So y'all coming up in there like, <laughs> what up? What up? This is my class. And you know, RJ, you've been racing for 10,000 years in this thing. But every time he shows up, there's this young kid coming up. He got all these people where you had to... Dylan Frandis, did you ever race Dylan Frandis in there? You probably did. But then you had Eli Tony, you probably raced him too. And then you had Chase Sexy, I know you raced him. And then you had Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence. You had all these Lawrence boys up there. You probably had Jason Lawrence at one point. You know, all these guys. But it was RJ time. And RJ came in there like, <laughs> like straight up, like he was just, I'm going to win. Like RJ was passing fools. Like he was just going, I think RJ was fast guy through the whoop. Like he went in with no respect. No respect for him. Like, he went into RJ issues. Like, just, ah, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to figure it out when I get there because it could happen or it could not. And I think RJ, we didn't even say he wrote good. He wrote great enough to win. But RJ's mindset was there that it was his control. And so, for him and all the other 250 clients, RJ has to, he's got to get through it because there's a different type of pressure that will be on him. He's going to have a red plate, which he didn't mention. Like one of his goals is have a red plate on there, which is awesome. I only had it like two times or something doing outdoors for that cameraman ran across. Anyways, that was a long time ago, but RJ is going to have that. And now he's going to have that pressure of being the guy. So from years past, like some of the things that RJ's it's been his own worst energy enemy of being super fast and going down, for the thing for all the 250 class, Joe Shimoda, Levi Kitchen, all those guys real good, is that you got to hope that it's going to be some of those things. And I think that 250 class is wide open because no matter how many races you win until you win the championship, like past history, say you might have an incident. I see a different guy. I see a guy that believes, which RJ always has. He's always believed in himself. I just feel like it's his time and he knows it. His biggest his biggest threat is obviously going to be Joe Shimoda. But when you look at the things like team changes, Levi, there is something that was different about him. Like he actually didn't look like Levi um, on, on the uh, Yamaha. Like he looked a little bit different. And I think even with Max Volan, we had a guy that was super fast and then goes out to a race and don't qualify. Like I believe Max has got put in a situation with Mitch Payton and his mindset because when you get to that point, it's kind of like my instance with Kyle Regal. Kyle Regal would be faster than me at the test track and then come to the race and not qualify. But he was faster than me, and it used to piss me off. But it's a mindset and some things like some situations 
being on other teams, even though where he was, obviously he was good. This is better because of the personnel. I think Mitch Payton's going to bring that out of him because Mitch ain't having that. Mitch ain't having that. And so I believe Max is going to be a better version of himself because he's always had that talent. And I think Mitch and that whole pro circuit team, their bikes are getting um, better. They changed the end of outdoors. So between him and Levi, which is with another guy, get 10th place and then run off the next moto with a dominant win. I think they're on a good team with the good, the right people that's going to help them mentally, which is going to put that fight against Joe Shimoda, which is going to put that fight against um, RJ. So the West is wide open. Uh, Julian Bermier, like what do they call him? Jubu or Bubu? Ju- what? Juju. 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 It's like, it sounds like candy. Like, isn't it like candy, like a juju? Juju. Well, anyways, dude looked good. He looked good. And I like what I like for him. Besides, he got scared. He almost ran off track where Jet Lawrence was. He was like, ah! And Max was like, dude, hey, hi, nice to meet you. That's where it was. Julian was like, dude, he's coming, coming up here. So he must have got hit somewhere or he did something wrong to somebody because he was expecting to get back. Well, he almost ran off. But what I liked about Juju was that when we saw him in the future, it's like we saw a guy that was super fast and we saw a guy that hit the ground a lot. Like there was said, I used to look like Ivan Tedesco, not saying I even did that, but just his riding style. Where this year, Juju looked fast. And he stayed up and things started going sour, like in South really quickly, but he was still there. He didn't look like a guy that was going to fall. And so I like what I see. This kid's going to win a race this year. Facts, facts. This kid's going to be good. So got to give a shout out to Daniel. Like I know he worked with Daniel a little bit. Juju, you're on the right spot. Juju beans. That's what it is. Juju beans. Um, I'm not going to call you that, but Juju beans real good. So him, Mitch Payton, RJ, the only person that was like probably somewhat disappointed, but they rode okay was Joe Shimoda. Why was he? Joe rode good all day. Joe, you know, he was able to come up. He got a bad start, whatever happened. It all got caught up in the heat race. Then he gets a bad start in the main event. But Joe rode good. He came up to fourth place. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Joe had the speed to win, but he has the same issues. So I do believe... Things are going to change. Joe's in a great spot. He gets to ride with the fastest people out there. Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence in the week. He's the guy on the team. The Hunter looked great. Got Lars, best dress dude out there. Dude was looking fly at the press conference. I tell him, like, damn, bro, you look good. You look good. You look like JS with that red shirt, dress, whatever it was. Shut up. No, for real, it's look good. He was in a good spot. So he's got to change that. And... As he said on the thing, like he was talking about something about being slow in the beginning and then all that. So I still think just need to take out, but whatever. Joe will be fine. Joe's fine, far East Coast. But for him, it was the same problems that he had last year. So I know that was a little bit disappointing. And that's what it sounded like in this interview. He was happy. But then, like he said, like, ah, this. So, Joe, what I will tell you is all them people that are saying all this stuff, like me, like all that, tell us to shut up. Shut up. I know like some things you might struggle on with English. I know no Japanese, but I know like I can figure out how to say shut up. So tell all of us shut up. Don't worry about them fools telling you that you're slow in the beginning. Could you be fast at the end? You just need to take bitch out, really. I, well, I did say don't worry about it. Well, listen to me. Listen to me. Not them. Listen to me. You fine, kid. You fine. You just need to get a, just need to go out there with authority. Do what RJ was doing. There's whoop. No, we're disrespect, disrespect, disrespect. Juju being hello. Hey, you'll be fine. And Jordan Smith. George Smith rode good. Last time I saw him in L.A., he actually won a race. So he's building in. And I think guys like that, we talk about confidence. 
you know, and they were like, oh, you know, it's a good offseason. I actually think all these guys are good, but it just tells you where, like, just being healthy and just confidence coming in here. I believe Jordan Smith is a different Jordan Smith than what it was even last year. One, he's healthy. Two, he knows that if he's healthy, like, he should be able to win. I actually think he has speed, almost like the RJ, like him, um, hopefully Nate Thrasher, Hopefully you're all right because he hit the ground pretty hard too. But he was able to run off and go hang out with Doc and whatnot. He's all right, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a tough little dude. So, or tough big dude. So, I do believe Jordan Smith has some stuff and he ain't got to worry about that text red wrong situation right now for a while. So, Jordan Smith, you did good. Last time you was in LA, you dominated, you dominated, and feels open. And you've been in a position before back in the KTM years ago in this. So Jordan Smith, the whole team thrashing, y'all solid. But again, it was RJ. And you know what time it is with him. So overall, everybody's good. RJ, congratulations. I'm going to hit you with something because you haven't never had a red plate. I don't know if you had one of these, but hit it from Cole. Suntan, next on fire. You had one of these, but you hadn't had one. You know what? This is the first one ever in 2024. So there you go. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time. If I forgot to talk about you, then maybe next time. My favorite time, your time, stews and stews. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Your boy, JS7. Look, if you ain't got time to watch your whole video, which I don't know why you don't, make sure you go here and subscribe and check out our new channel where we're going to have some smaller clips, some clips that you haven't seen on our main show just for y'all. So make sure you subscribe, click, comment, do whatever you do. Watch our whole show, but come to this channel as well. Check out our stuff. See you there. Forty-five. Forty-five classes. Forty-five classes. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Number one. Number one. Thirty-six. Number one plates. Mini monsters. Mini monsters. Monsters. Twenty-twenty-four. Mini monsters. Mini monsters. Twenty-twenty-four. Wait, how do you say it again? Mini monsters. Oh, mini monsters. Oh, mini monsters. Oh, dang. All right, people, you know what time it is. My favorite time, your favorite time, stews and stew. Now, first, I have my New Year's resolutions that I was doing. No more defaults. I know I said it last year, but I did a couple more. But this year, there is no more defaults. What is default? Sometimes when you just win the race, like, of course, you a stew. You just got to get a stew just because you won the race. But it's so good, and they mean so much now that I'm done giving default. Well, the good thing is this guy ain't a default. This guy actually did something. I know he won the race, but he ain't even getting a stew because of that. He's getting a stew because he did some stew-ish kind of stuff. He jumped the quatemplate or whatever. He jumped one, two, three, four, five, five jumps, depending on like, I mean, some people say, what's well, a tabletop? It's one jump. Well, it's considered two sizes, what it is. I feel like a butt. It's got two cheeks, but do you call it two butts? No, you call it one. So that's how I look at it. So this guy has got the first one and the big one because he jumped five jumps and Dirtworks had to go in there and change it. 
Well, I remember that back in my day. Like, I don't know if somebody else was down there. Like, they were like, oh, that's so safe. That's safety, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyways, Jet Lawrence, because you out there, not only you dominating these fools, not only you just winning these fools. Hey, man, not only did you come out in a boxing jacket, you got these fools chaining the track. When they start chaining the track because you are so good at what you do, that is stewish. That was stupendous. So, Jet Lawrence, you a stew doing that kind of stuff for these people. Now, RJ, RJ, you're going to get a stew. Yes, you won. And it might be borderline default because you didn't do anything that was like crazy besides like a stew. But I'm not going to give you one because you won. I'm going to give you one because the disrespect you have for them whoops. Them whoops, you came in and I think you came in with your eyes closed like it was a straightaway. It looked like press day. When you ride and they don't got the whoops, well, now they don't even let you go through the whoops. They're going to build it. But you just disrespected the racetrack. And that was stupendous to me. So RJ, and it was the first time you had the red play. And you were so happy. And it was the first time that you raced. And there wasn't somebody in this class that was named Lawrence to come out here and dominate. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Jordan Smith was back there. He was trying to come up. He was trying to do his thing. He rode good. He rode good, but not as good as you. So RJ, you were stew because of the disrespect that you showed to the track. And it was beautiful. Now, my third stew. I'm going to be honest with you, people. I don't even have one. So I'm going to have to think of one. So I'm going to talk until I think of one, which could be a long time or it could be short. So my third stew is, hey, me. Why am I a stew? Because I brought my kids to the race. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Story that had your boy JS a little hot and bothered until I wasn't hot and bothered. Not from what was happening, but because of the people that looked at me like I used to look at them on airplanes. Like, please. So I brought my little man to the race. Yes, I woke him up at 5 o'clock. Yes, I decided on Thursday night to bring him. Yes, I am an idiot. I didn't think about the trip. It was going to be five and a half hours. I got two kids, five and seven-year-old going to the race. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was in a good mood until I wasn't. I'm on the airplane. And my little man, he decides he's going to get motion sickness. Not like halfway through the flight. As soon as that bitch took off, he was throwing up. These days, like I said, you these airplanes, they're so cheap now. Like water, to breathe, you got to pay. I asked for a bag. She was like, oh, we don't, we don't have many of those. Okay, well, he's going to throw up on the floor. He's already threw up on me, so I got nothing to lose. So he's over there barfing, people. No, I'm serious. He's barfing. My other dude's in there looking at He's looking at the airplane, thinking like making all this noise. I got people looking at me because the other dude, he threw up, every, he threw up everything. And he's driving like, ah, ah, ah. So by the end of the flight, by oldest one, he had to take three dumps. The, the youngest one, he's barfing, and by the end of the flight, I'm looking at my tablet, just playing on my phone. I got one throwing up, the other one's, ah, ah, and I'm just chilling, no looking, don't care, and people looking at me like, hey, you going to help him? I'm like, shit, have you been around me these last five hours? I was chilling like this, dude's throwing up, the other one's making all kind of noise, probably butts, probably raw after wiping him and he wouldn't even go to the bathroom by himself like he was afraid that he was gonna get sucked out the airplane outside because i told him one time he kept messing with the toilet although you can play that that stuff slides you right out you're gonna slide out the plane i don't know where you're gonna you might be in new mexico where jason anderson at who knows so he wouldn't go to the bathroom stupid i don't know what i was doing so it was a lot of stuff going on but we made it we made it and then we was doing another by the local 
So I'm a stew because I was still able to survive that trip and then make it and talk on the TV. And you guys know the parents that used to look on there just like I did when the baby was crowned on the airplane. You're like, man, I can't believe this fool would bring his kids. No respect. No respect. Well, I was on the other side of that. Just like the minivan's mom, like, don't mess with me right now. You just get used to it. So I'm a stew. I ain't slap him. I ain't do nothing. I just let him do his thing. And that was it. So. JS, you a stew because you made. But you got to believe I put the ass on that red eye flight because I knew they were going to be asleep. That four hour, five hour trip turned like 30 minutes because we were going home. But it was good. It was not the time to bring the kids there. But yes, I don't know what I'm thinking, but I'm a stew for thinking that way. All right, my next list stew, pissed off. Pissed off because you got the person next to you with their two kids on there and their kids barfing. And yes, he was like barfing dry. He been, well, put your damn headphones on. Don't be stewed at me. What you want me to do? Stew because you like, you get a bad start and you got beef with somebody and they like beef like the Joe Shimoda, Carson Mumford or something like that. Who cares? It's New Year. You know, stew because like you up there and you like gonna go for a race and you like gassing your bike and it's like bogging like Phil was. And then he didn't get stewed because his ass ain't going out there and riding. You heard this? Like, McCann was like, blind, blind, blind. Feels like, hey, no, 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 no. Let me show you. He was like, bang. Yeah, stew. No, because it ain't nobody stew. Because I don't blame him. I wouldn't be riding that thing. This thing's fuel injected. How the hell is this going to be bogging? Nothing. Thing electricity. Nobody likes the power cut off. No one. So, I don't got anybody on this list, people. Why? Because it's a new year. New year. Yeah, there were some things going on. People was mad at Vince Freeze because they got a freeze. But, you know, Hunter, he might have been disappointed because he didn't he didn't make the main event. But then he realized after he calmed down, he's like, oh, you know what? They made the last chance, like Jay said. It's beef up in there. So he ain't going to be mad. So overall, if you stew, then that's on you. Because it's a happy new year, people. You can't be stupid because it's brand new. These guys out here showing up, showing out for you. We got Supercross back. How can you be stupid? You might be like bummed out, sad, but stupid. No one's stupid. Everybody walked out there pretty healthy-ish. So people, some people wanted to win. Some people didn't win. There was only one person that won. Actually, two people that won, depending on what class you was. So I believe everybody's happy. They stupendous, not stupid, stupendous. So First one of the year, ain't nobody stew. Happy New Year's, people. Glad to be back. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys continue to watch, which you will, which you will. So next weekend, we're going to San Francisco. They're going to San Francisco. I ain't going to San Francisco. I don't believe I'm going to San Francisco. Last time I was in San Francisco, I don't know. It's been a while, but they that's where they're going. They're going to San Francisco, right? Okay, they were going to San Francisco. I almost got stewed because it took them damn how long you gotta wait. Like shit, like you gotta be I checked out there for a second. Okay, yeah, it's cold zoning out. He's back there, people. So they're going to San Francisco for a round two. Well, will we continue to see what we saw this weekend with Jet Lawrence coming with the double, the breasted, the nice, you know, knock mama said knock you out, you know, outfit coming out. Well, Vince cut across everybody on the field, racing in some racing incident. Well, Ken finally pulled them cookies out, not get that booty burnt. We got to find out. Will Toast Mac come back and do his thing? Will Chase ride like you just said he was going to ride? Where he can be like third this far back or third winning? Wait, you can't be third winning. Well, you could be like, I won third place. That's how I'm going to say it. That's why I'm going to start saying, I won last place. It's a win. It's a win. Or we're going to continue to see what we saw. So I don't know, people. Find out. 
You know where we're going to be at. I'll see you next Tuesday at the same time, same place like we always do. Until then, I'm going to bring some extra bags. But what I didn't say is that the airline people, they didn't want to give me another bag because they're so damn cheap. So I was like, oh, I'm going to just throw up on the bag. Well, you better believe that lady brought it then. So anyways. <laughs>